Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome to the Karma You podcast. This is your host, Chloe Brotheridge. I'm a coach a hypnotherapist, and I'm the author of The Anxiety Solution and Brave New Girl. And this podcast is all about helping you to become your calmest, happiest, and most confident self. In this episode, I'm talking to the wonderful Nikki Clinch. And Nikki is such a special person. She came over to my house to record this episode. We actually live quite close to one another in London, in Hackney, East London. And we sat together on the sofa and I honestly felt like this conversation was so healing for me and really came at the right time for me personally. And I really hope it helps you as well. Nikki is a transformational leader and facilitator. She has studied um, integrative counselling and macrobiotics. She's also a spiritual mentor. And it's her mission in life to help all of us to break free from the confines of our past traumas, our self-defeating patterns and our suffering so that we can realize and come home to who we are. So Nikki and I get into lots of different topics. We start off by talking about trauma and how it can be the root of so many of our issues and how we can start to overcome the traumas that have held us back. Nikki gives us her take on anxiety and where that comes from and what we can do to start to manage our own anxiety. And Nikki's advice definitely isn't the standard three tips to calming anxiety stuff that you might read day to day. It really does go very, very deep and it's very, very powerful work. She shares some really moving personal stories about how she's healed her own trauma, her experience of plant medicines, her own transformation, and how she helps other people to transform. She also shares the incredible story about how she was 50,000 words into writing her book. She had a publishing deal with Hay House and how she actually scrapped the whole 50,000 words and went on a different path. And this is incredible for me. As someone who's written a book to let go of 50,000 words, that that's just terrifying to me. So I love this story with Nikki. It was incredibly inspiring. So I would love to send you some free resources to help you to grow your confidence, boost your self-esteem and calm your anxiety. If you want these freebies, you can head over to my website, karmayou.com forward slash free. Pop your email address in there and I'll send you those freebies right away. So let's get into the interview with Nikki Clinch. This episode is sponsored by my favourite activewear brand, Sweaty Betty. Their all-female design team source the best technical fabrics, which means their products perform under the toughest conditions and feel amazing on your skin. All products are also wearer trialled by female staff to ensure they perform and flatter and fit the female body. If the staff don't love it, it doesn't get made. There are so many activewear brands to shop from, but Sweaty Betty is special because all their products from run and yoga to swim and ski are engineered to last. 
This is not fast fashion, it's high quality. And I have several pieces from Sweaty Betty that I've had for years and I continue to wear and love. Sweaty Betty now has a host of sustainable products, including their Super Sculpt leggings made from post-consumer plastic bottles. Their Italian fleece has been replaced with a recycled cotton blend alternative and they are reducing the amount of consumer packaging sent to customers. Sweaty Betty are offering listeners 20% off when you enter the promo code KARMAYOU on their website. You'll also find the link in the show notes. So 20% off at Sweaty Betty when you enter the code KARMAYOU. That's C-A-L-M-E-R-Y-O-U. Check out their stuff. I think you're going to love it. So we'll roll. We're rolling. Okay. <laughs> Welcome, Nikki. Thank you. Thank you so much, Chloe, for having me on here. This is the second time I've been on your podcast. And I was thinking earlier how much has changed since when you first interviewed me, not just in myself, but also what's happening in the world right now. So I feel really happy to be back. Thank you for having me. Amazing. Yeah, I, I obviously follow you online and we'd had some discussions back and forth on Instagram and I knew I had to speak to you again because I was so intrigued by the things that you were sharing and um, we started talking about trauma and anxiety and, yeah. and where anxiety comes from. Yeah. Can you speak a little bit about your take on anxiety and what you see, you know, the struggles that people have with that? Yeah, I, I think the first thing I want to say about it is I find it really useful to start naming it for what it really is. Because I think anxiety has become this blanket term for this experience that happens inside of us, which creates all this tension and stress and internal conflict. Um, but really what anxiety is, is that it's fear. It's, it's deeply rooted fear in the body. And, and that first naming it for what it is allows us to really start to see it as an emotion that is happening inside of us um, that we can start to have a relationship with. Now, what are we fearful about? What is it that is, is causing so many people to carry so much fear inside? Um, there are different reasons, obviously, for everyone on a personal level. But really, I think what happens is, is that, you know, first I need to say that every single one of us, our natural state, our natural essence is wholeness. We all, our authentic state of being is wholeness. We all are, are perfectly whole and complete. We are all enough. Everybody is, is, is enough exactly as you are. That is, that's your natural state. Now, anything else on top of that, any kind of discord, any kind of conflict, any kind of separation is not who you are. These are, these are behaviors and patterns and habits and strategies, survival strategies that we have learned. And why do we learn them? We learn them as a result of some kind of kind of trauma. So, and trauma, trauma can be can mean many things. It's not just always what we see in the movies, where you know you've been through some horrible abuse or there's been some violence. Trauma is not what happens to you. It's what is happening inside of you when when what is happening to you. So, trauma can be anything from watching your dog get hit by a car or your doll falling out of the pram and you're trying to communicate it with your mum but she doesn't she can't understand you and she she rolls off with the pram and you left the doll behind it can be anything 
it's not about what happens it's about what happens inside of you while what happens now in those moments where some form of original pain or some form of original um, shock that happens inside of us it's like something starts to split there's like a split between the mind and the body that starts to occur and that's like the original point of separation from this wholeness that we are the mind becomes really active and then the body is going through these emotional experiences and there's this separation between the mind and the body now anxiety in my opinion is our way of trying to cope with feeling that original pain and so we we experience all this fear and it's normally fear about worrying about something that we can't control worrying about the future that doesn't exist yet or worrying about something in the past that we can't change and so then we get into these perpetual cycles of internal conflict about things that we have no control over and and then it just goes round and round and round and round and round and it's happening inside the body and the mind um, and we can't do anything about it because firstly we don't know what it really is but also you know we're focusing on all these things that we can't change and so that's what builds anxiety you know when you wake up I know a lot of your audience suffer from this and I have too when you wake up and you just have this incredible tightness in your body and you're just full of panic and fear and you don't know why and and then you start thinking about what you can't control, what's about to happen, what's, gonna, what's the worst that's going to happen in the future and everything's going to fall apart, or about something from the past. Now, if we can slow down enough to start to really be present with what is happening in the body, that's where the emotional experience is taking place. It's in the body, not the mind. If we can slow down enough to to be present with what's happening in the body, to actually start to feel the fear. Call it for what it is. Feel the fear. Not easy, but we can do it. And then feel whatever pain is there. When we feel something fully, 100%, it passes. And we have the ability to start releasing this tension that we're carrying, this shock that's in the body. So at the root of anxiety is some form of pain, original pain, that we're not able to feel. I suppose for so many people, we're afraid just to feel that anxiety. And I, I heard someone describe once that overthinking and worrying is actually a way that we distract ourselves from yes. the feeling. Yes. You know, if you're busy thinking, yeah. then it's our way of trying to control whatever it is we're feeling to get yes. away from it. You know, as human beings, we're incredibly, um, we're actually incredibly smart beings. So, you know, we, we will always find ways or strategies to try and cope. Because essentially, what we're all trying to do is we're trying to survive. Every single human being will, is trying to survive because if we don't, we're not gonna be able to be here. 
So if you think about it, we come up with all these strategies to try and survive. And when, when pain is there, our response is to try and survive because we think if we feel it, it's going to kill us or we're going to die. It's going to, we, we won't be able to cope. We won't be able to handle it. And so we come up with all these survival strategies like um, obsessive thinking, um, projecting about things that we can't control, um, completely obsessively focusing on our partner or, um, or on food or on alcohol or on work or on money uh, or on our bodies. And all of these behaviors and patterns are survival strategies because we're trying to cope with pain. Now, most of the time, we're getting just caught and stuck in the survival strategy. And we never really ever get to the point where we get to actually start to meet the pain. And when we get stuck in the strategy, it's like living on a hamster wheel. You're just going round and round and round and round and round. And then you try and find other strategies to cope with this strategy and then more strategies. And, and it's literally like going around on a wheel, which is why we experience such, such forms of suffering. You know, if we can stop the wheel, get off the wheel and actually start to feel what is at the core of this it can it can that is healing that's what healing is is when we actually stop and we feel what's really there now that's not easy but everybody is able to do it if we are held in the right way if we work with the right people and if we if if we slow down enough you notice how everything's moving faster like we're now living in a world that it's it's almost like even time is going faster Everything is moving faster than ever before. And there's never been more addiction. There's never been more anxiety. There's never been more problems with mental health. People are moving so fast because the, if we keep moving fast, then maybe we don't have to feel what's really going on inside of us. If we can slow down, really slow down, and start to commit to being with what's there rather than in the distraction. That is the beginning of healing, real, real healing. I hear from so many people that they, they think that life is going so quickly and it's not a good feeling to think that life is passing you by and that actually we're, we're stuck in patterns that we're not really mm-hmm. working through and we're just distracted by being busy or... Mm-hmm filling our days with lots and lots of things yeah um so I mean from what you're saying it sounds like slowing down and and feeling the anxiety feeling the feelings is what can start to help us to to heal that trauma well again let's change the word anxiety with fear Mm. feeling the fear yeah because then it's an actual feeling word Uh, you know anxiety is not an emotion it's a name that has been given to call a whole um series of Um, patterns that connect together fear leading to obsessive thinking leading to tension in the body like it's a whole pattern that plays out but if we can actually name the emotion which is fear then at least we we know what what we need to come and have a relationship with um yeah and i think what you said about people we're we're just sort of running around on this hamster wheel um we were talking earlier before we started recording about is, is it possible to feel better 
um, or are we born with this? Yes, this, this yes. Is, you should ask the question. Yes, that's my question. <laughs> we, were, we were talking about this in, in DMs online about, um, about how much of a role, you know, the, the, the body that we're born in has a, has a role on, on how much fear we experience. And are we, are we almost resigned, some of us, to, to feeling that way for the rest of our lives because of our genetics or because of certain reasons? Or is it actually possible to... To, to overcome that well um it is possible to overcome it and and the reason being is that our, what we carry in the body and and the habits that we have and the behaviors that we have and the beliefs that we have all of this and i'm I, this may be controversial to say but i'm going to say it all of it is inherited nothing of that is original we inherit every single bit of um, ideas, belief systems, stories, um, every single bit of programming in our mind has been inherited, either from our family or from society or from teachers or our education. Everything has been inherited. Now, that is exactly the same thing about our emotional responses and also any kind of trauma that we're carrying in the body. We inherit it. Now, that's in a way that's good news because if we inherit it it's not who we are and it's not ours now what does that say that says that that if we're carrying something that is not ours then who are we without it that there is a you a me without all this that we've inherited which means we can come home to it, we can come back to it. Um, but, but we don't get reminded enough that who we really are are not these patterns and beliefs and ideas and stories and pain and trauma that we're all suffering with. They're what we're carrying, but they're not who we are. So yeah, the answer is we can come back. We can come home to a place of wholeness. Essentially, Eckhart Tolle will say, that is our destiny as human beings, is to evolve and come home to who we really are. And that is really what healing is. You know, at the being, I'm writing a book at the moment and the very first line of the book says, the word whole um, is, is essentially um, from the same root as the word heal. Oh no, the word heal is from the same root as whole. But until you have healed, you only see it as a whole, as in like an empty whole. But when you have healed, you can experience it as whole, as in the wholeness. And, and when we really, really heal, what that means is that we come back to a place of wholeness. What I think is happening is that as human beings, firstly, we don't get reminded of this or, or we've, we've forgotten it or we don't know that this is our essential state. This is our authentic state of being and we get into a cycle of just trying to feel better we're, we're in a survival cycle um, this is how it is this is who I am this is what I have to cope with so let me find as many strategies as I can to try and feel better while I'm coping with it and the problem with that is that feeling better is very um, conditional We'll feel better for a moment or a month or maybe two months if we're lucky. 
But then eventually we always seem to come back to the same place, to the same feeling of unworthiness or the same feeling of fear or the same feeling of mistrust or the same original pain. And so then we try and find another strategy. Maybe now if I eat better, maybe now if I find a new man, maybe now if I change my job. And that makes us feel better for a while. And then eventually it starts to wear off and we find ourselves back in the same. And and this is what starts to create the resignation. Oh, there's no way out of this. I can't. Or we just keep being on this perpetual search for feeling better. Now... For me, do we really just want to feel better? Or do we want to heal? Do we want to feel better or do we want to be free? Um, I have an amazing story and I think this would be really good time to share it. My mentor, my teacher, David Norris, um, he, he leads transformational programs, or he did anyway, for 50 years all over the world. He's getting on now and he's kind of passing everything on to me. But he, he used to take transformational programs into high correctional prisons in North America. And so he was walking through the cell block in Jackson State Prison in Michigan, which is one of the most high security prisons in America, the, literally the most dangerous criminals in that prison. And he's walking through the cell blocks and he's being shown to the workshop room. And all, as you can imagine, just like in movies, there's like cell block, cell block, cell block, like multiple floors of cell block blocks. And that's all there is all around you. And as he's walking through he stops and he notices one cell block and it stops him in his tracks because he looks in and pasted on every single wall of this cell block is wallpaper that looks like a forest, like being in the forest. You know, if you've seen it before, it's like green and it's like you're in the middle of the forest and it's pasted on every single wall of the the cell. And the guards tell him that the inmate in that cell is in for life. Like, and I mean life, life with no parole. He will be there until he dies. And David carries on walking on and he realizes, wow, that inmate is just trying to make it better. He's doing whatever he can to make it better. But he's not free. And that's what we're all doing. We're trying to feel better, thinking that's all there is. But it's not all there is. Because we can be free. And that would mean coming home to our wholeness. So the answer, long again, long answer, is yes, we can. Mm. But we have to change our thinking and change our perception from trying to just feeling better to actually wanting to heal. I just got goosebumps there when he said that. Um, Wow. It's interesting, isn't it? Because almost the idea sometimes of healing, of having to go through actually dealing with your stuff, almost doesn't seem that appealing. I almost think, oh, let's just, maybe I'll just book a holiday to an island and I'll feel better for a month and then I can go back to my stressful job or, you know, the internal stress that keeps bubbling up. And actually to, to make the decision to be like, right, I'm going to do the, the probably the harder thing yes. to, to start to heal. It's not the easy, well, I would say it's not the easy journey, but actually nowadays I've come to realize that uh, the harder journey is to be on the hamster wheel. Mm. 
Um, and I guess because I'm, I'm now at the stage where I have experienced the wholeness. So I know what's on the other side. I, I promise you that there is light through the other side of this. But you, the only way th through is through. Um, there ain't no other way about it. <laughs> um, but, you know, I think what's happening on a, on a collective level um, is that if you, you know, if you've noticed it, we seem to be in a time on our planet where there is also more shadow, more troubles, more major, major issues starting to show themselves. But at the same time, there is this huge mass awakening happening of healing consciousness. And I don't, that's not a coincidence. It's happening now because it is what is needed for us to really heal as a planet and as a collective species, as human beings. You know, what's happening on our planet is also what's happening in human beings. So, you know, I think, you know, everybody I'm speaking to, everybody, whether they're in doing the healing work or not, is being triggered like crazy right now, or they're being forced to face things that they couldn't face before, or maybe their health is really um, get being in the worst place than ever before. Everybody is now being challenged to the point more than ever because it's time for us to heal as a collective. Um, which is why there's so many more healers stepping up, which is why there's so many people going into training to work with, to become healers, because there is a bigger calling right now for us to, to do the real work, because it's needed for us as a collective. Mm. <laughs> this turned into a bigger conversation than I thought. It's big. It's big. <laughs> I wanted to um, have a bit of a discussion about kind of medicine retreats, because... Um, both you and I were again discussing this online I just got back from spending a month on two different um, retreats in South America and you I think have done a couple of those as well yes can you share about what impact that has had on you <laughs> no just sum it up in a short sentence just sum it up like the biggest <laughs> healing of my life well 10 years ago first was the first time I went to the jungle um to work with plant, plant medicine and it was at a time in my life I had already been clean from my addictions for 10 years um and I was feeling better perfect story um, I was feeling better, but yet I, set, I, I kept coming back to the same problems. I was in a relationship that was very unloving. Um, I, I, I always seemed to find myself in situations where I, was feel, where I would end up back feeling unworthy, not enough, unlovable. It didn't matter what I, I kept trying to do. I couldn't ever quite feel worthy. Or, or good enough um, and so I stumbled upon um, uh, someone talking to me about ayahuasca retreats and then all of a sudden it was just everywhere everywhere I went people started talking to me about ayahuasca and what they say is that when the plants are calling you suddenly you'll just hear about her everywhere I say her because she's known to have a female spirit, but I also um, there's also a, ma a masculine energy in the plant in ayahuasca too. So I then booked this trip uh, to go out to the jungle on my own for five weeks, 
um, really um, brave, um, went into the jungle and I apprenticed and I worked with a shaman for five weeks and I dieted plants for five weeks and I worked with ayahuasca for five weeks. It was until my recent trip, the most intense five weeks of my life, hardcore, hardcore spiritual training is what I would say, um, and healing at the time I did get a big amount of healing, but I didn't quite understand why. It was just a whole load of really difficult ceremonies, really, really painful. Um, I didn't get any of those really beautiful golden light moments. It was just a lot of purging and um, uncomfortableness. What it gave me is it, I came home and I left that um, unloving relationship and I, and, I, and I started to really change real patterns that had been destructive for me in my life. And I... I um, very quickly found myself um, uh, working with transformational work, which is now what I do as a, as a, as a work um, in my work. I, I qualified as a counsellor. I, I started showing up for my life in a way that I used to sabotage everything. So that was 10 years ago. I then returned to the jungle in July last year. And to this moment, it has been the most profoundly healing time of my life. Um, Oh, I, oh, what can I say about it? Uh, the ayahuasca took me, and this comes back to trauma, ayahuasca took me to points within me where the original trauma had happened. You know, I realized when I was out in the jungle that even though I'm successful and my business is doing well and I have everything that I said I wanted, I had the house and the kids and the husband and uh, and I'm running my business and... I'm, I realized in the jungle that I'm always, I've always been carrying this kind of energy about survival, which always leads me to overwork, um, uh, not quite rest enough, not quite take care of myself well enough. I'm always putting other people above me. Um, I'll take on more clients than I will take care of myself. And while I was out there, I realized that I've always been carrying this kind of perpetual state of anxiety or, or survival in me and this fear that something bad isn't going to happen or, or I'm not going to be taken care of. And in one of my ceremonies, and it, it was the ceremony, in each ceremony you set an intention, and I, at, this was my fourth ceremony, so I'd already done quite a lot of work. And I asked Ayahuasca to show me my calling. I should show me my soul's calling. And very, very quickly, as soon as I drank the medicine, she took me back to what was one of the most scary, scariest experiences I've ever had to be in. All I could feel was absolute deep levels of terror. I was so frightened. It was like fear was coming in and out of every pore of my whole body. God, I was so terrified. It was black. Um, I I couldn't quite speak, and I almost shouted out for help um, for the shaman in the space. But and I, everything that kept going through my head was, please don't let me die. Please don't let me die. Please don't let me die. And then all of a sudden, I realized that I was back in my womb, my mother's womb, and and then I realized what was really happening. So when my mother was carrying me, she went through some really big trauma, very, very big trauma, and she almost died. And 
what I never realized is when she went through that trauma and I was in her womb, I, I felt everything. And as she was almost dying, I almost died. Now, ayahuasca took me back to that moment. And when I was saying in my mind, please don't let me die, please don't let me die, that was actually what I was feeling in the original moment. And God, did she make me feel it. I had to feel all the fear that moved through me. I had to feel all the panic, all the feeling of out of control. I had no control over what was happening. I was just a little fetus in her womb. And then, and then I had to feel it all until I came out the other side. And it was so profound when I came out the other side. I just felt so much peace. Like my whole body just felt peace and I just felt so much energy move through me and I just felt light and then my and then I started crying and grieving and releasing all this emotion and I realized and then she said to me this is your calling is to remind people of this of the light of who they are of this wholeness of to take them home back to this place of wholeness and it was just so I, it was remarkable, and actually, this is the first time I've ever talked about it publicly. Now, here's the amazing thing. I came home after that, and it was like something I had been carried inside of me for 40 years was gone. It was gone. And I, have, I haven't felt it since. And when something you have been carrying for 40 years has inside of you that has literally coloured your whole world everything became different like I, ha I came home and I'd have all these moments and I was like oh my god who chose this life like who actually chose this marriage who chose this life who was this person before this and so I then had to go through a real big process of healing with my marriage and my life and making big changes it led me to um, change the book that I was writing it led to all these big changes because I realized so much that the person that I was living as before was the one that was traumatized. And now what is it like to build my life from this place of wholeness? And that's, just, that's really where I am now. So God, it's, the plants have this ability to take you to places. It's not easy, but take you to places of real core original trauma and heal on every possible level uh, it's extremely powerful that's an amazing amazing story i i know that before i'd um drunk ayahuasca i had this cognitive idea of what it meant to kind of feel feelings and and sort of understanding on a mental level which is not very very deep understanding for this that we need to yeah feel stuff and that we actually push things away but actually in the medicine i had this experience of noticing all the moments in my life where I pushed pushed emotions away pushed things down didn't feel things and you do there's a very common experience that you do get forced to kind of feel everything basically and yes. you feel it in your body and it's like the most full-bodied emotion that you can have pretty yes. much with no escape like 100 yeah. percent feeling yeah and 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 here's the thing we can do that even without plant medicine if we give ourselves permission to feel an emotion a hundred percent, it moves, it passes. That's why I, that's why the plants take us there. 
that's what happened for me. If I, I felt all the fear that I had been trying to get away from my whole life. And she made me feel it. And now it's gone. And we can do that in our life now. You know, when there's sadness there, instead of judging the sadness, um, making it mean that we're weak, or then trying to distract ourselves, what if we actually felt sad and really felt it with real full permission? Then we, then we can release it. We don't need to drink plant medicine to do this. We're all capable of doing this, but we don't get taught how to feel. We get, most of us are thinking our feelings. We think I'm sad. We think I'm angry, but we don't feel it, which has to happen in the body. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, you, you touched on changing your book. Yeah. This is a slight different, maybe it's a slight <laughs> different topic, but I'm really curious about this now. Well, it's really, it's actually, it's great story to tell because, you know, any of you who already know me, um, you'll, you'll know that my whole brand was based on this, um, the, the warrior woman and my brand and I've done challenges and I've done programs on, you know, being your warrior woman, finding your, your most empowered warrior woman. And then my book, I got signed by Hay House to write a book called Warrior Woman. <laughs> and then I went to the freaking jungle. <laughs> and, and everything changed. And I came home and I realized that the warrior woman was my way of trying to cope with trauma. I had to become the warrior woman to cope with everything that I had been through in my life. And that, and that, that was all about surviving pain. It wasn't really about my power. And so I was writing this book that Hay House had signed me to write called Warrior Woman, which was aligned with my brand. And I was 50,000 words into the book. And it just felt wrong. I was like, this doesn't feel right anymore. I feel, I feel emotional talking about it. I feel like I'm bullshitting. I feel like a fake. This isn't right. It doesn't feel aligned. And then I sent it to my editor and I said, I have to tell you something feels really off, but I need you to read it. And then I need to meet with you. And she read it and she got her associate to read it. And then we met and she said exactly what I knew she was going to say. She said, Nikki, something's not right. You're not dropping to that deep, deep place that I know that you can teach from. Something isn't right. And that I just broke down in tears. And I just said, this is not the book I meant to write. I'm really sorry. It doesn't feel right anymore. It doesn't feel authentic anymore. Um... And she just said to me, and I literally have the most amazing editor on the planet. I've manifested the most amazing editor. She just said to me, Nikki, all I care about is that you write the book you were born to write. You're clearly going through a huge point of transformation. Let's extend your release date by six months and take off all the pressure of what this is meant to look. Take Even let's throw out the title. You, all I want is for you to write the book you were born to write. And I went home that night and I literally cried all night. And I said to my husband, I don't know what I'm doing anymore. And I, and I don't know how to do this. Now, as soon as we have, as soon as we allow ourselves to say those words, and this goes for everyone, I don't know how to do this. 
something happens like a moment of humility a moment of surrender and and everything just surrendered for me and I woke up the next morning and I was meditating and I swear just like that boom in my meditation the book that I was meant to write came to me I finished the whole outline in one day I sent it to my editor and she was like holy cow how did you do this in just 24 hours she's like yeah this is it Mm -hmm. and so now I'm 20,000 words into that book and every word I write feels right it's like landing 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 and it is about walking the reader out of this hamster wheel way of living to live beyond the story, to live beyond these strategies and really get a sense of our wholeness again. That's what the book is about. That's fascinating. <laughs> it's it's so interesting. You talk about how, you know, this warrior woman thing was your brand. And I suppose we all have probably, until we're healed, a kind of a story of ourselves that we create, whether that's a brand or whether that's just the, the narrative that, that is kind of infused in our life that is based on our trauma quite often. You know, it's not yeah. actually real. The kind of persona that we put on or the... Mm-hmm. Sometimes it might be a kind of victim kind of complex that we have or... Yep. I know um, that one well. The ego, you know. <laughs> so so if we can... So it sounds like it almost might be, when you heal, a bit, like, destabling because suddenly yes. the whole story that you've... Been you, telling yourself your whole life is not actually. You realize that wasn't actually true. Yes, and it's like who who am I now? Yeah, and I think, I mean, Eckhart Tolle will say he's one of my favorite teachers. You know, real transformation can only really happen in the moment that we're willing to ask ourselves, "Who am I?" If we're ready to question who we think we are and and everything that we think we are, when we're really ready to question that, then we're really ready to heal. Because everybody says they want to feel better. And everybody says, if I asked anybody, do you want to become your most empowered free self? Everybody will say yes immediately. Without really knowing what that means. Without really realizing that to do that, we have to then let go of a lot. To really heal, we have to start letting go. Letting go of the strategies that have... we've coped with our whole life you know my process has been 20 years of letting go you know when I came into recovery for addiction letting go of the, the the survival strategies I used to cope with any feeling or my addictions and then um as I went on letting go of um all the protection and the defenses and the part of me that felt like I had to be strong all the time And then now letting go of this part that always had to um, be superwoman and to survive pain. Like, all our healing is in letting go. Um, And so, yeah, there is is a process of having to release. And and it can feel destabling. Um, But, you know, through the storm there is the other side there is the light we have to row so far from the shore in order to find new waters we have to be willing to do that um well we don't have to it's a choice (laughs) but I think what I would like to say is out the other side is something so remarkably fulfilling and meaningful um 
what I get to see in my clients is I get to see women really come home to themselves again. Um, and it is a coming home. They don't, it's not finding a new version of themselves. It's like, they'll say to me, wow, I feel like finally I'm more me than I've ever been before. And I've always been there. You know, it's such a, it, it, it isn't that, it doesn't have to be this big treacherous, you know, trek through the Sahara. Like it can, it, it can be moments of, of real authenticity and healing. And, and, and when, with that, you start to feel healing in every aspect. You know, you feel more connected to uh, your partners, your children, your work, to nature, um, to the world around you. It, it affects everything. Um, so, you know, in macrobiotics, which is one part of my training, they have this wonderful phrase where they say, with every back, there's a front. And the bigger the back, the bigger the front. And so as big as the work can be sometimes, as bigger the back, the bigger the front. You know, you do the big work and then, poof, the rewards that you get afterwards are just bigger than you could even imagine. Um, you get to, to feel peaceful. Um, for me, that's everything. That's worth everything. Mm, absolutely. Can, can you talk a little bit about your process when you're working with people? How do you help people to, to come home to themselves? Yeah, well, you know, I have quite a, um, a unique um, amalgamations of training. So I've trained in Chinese medicine. So I've worked, I work very much with the energy system in the body. Um, and also how emotions are energy and emotions get stuck in the body. Uh, stagnant or stuck or blocked in the body trauma gets stuck in the body too um, and then in my ontological work in transformation really very much about how our belief systems and our programming and the stories that run through the mind how much we identify with them so I bring both the mind and the body work together and the work that I do when someone comes to work with me in one-to-one -one work and it's always very unique for each human being, is first to identify what is the story that is now living this person's life. Now, I say that that way on purpose. It's living your life rather than you're living it. You know, that whole story of um, survival, the whole story of and nobody listens to me, the whole story of um, goodness isn't for me, it'll play out over and over and over again no matter what you try and change. Now, my job is to identify what it is with them and then start to bring start to bring awareness with them to how it's living every part of their life and then take them back to the point of original, um, I suppose, pain. So I work in regression work, I work, I take them into the body. Um, the body always knows. If we, if we can shut the mind off enough, the body will always take us to where we need to go. That's why we can process when we're sleeping. That's why we might um, uh, cry or release things in our sleep because our mind has like gone to sleep and got out of the way. So when I work with clients, I'll take them into the body, um, into the original moments of pain and release emotion that gets stuck there, but also the belief system that got planted in that moment nobody listens to me, I'm not safe, um, I'm not lovable, uh, I'm not important. Because the moment that that belief system gets planted, we start to identify with it as who we are and our whole life starts being designed from that place. So 
when I work with someone, we will release the moment of trauma in the body and also the belief system that gets planted in the mind. What that then starts to happen is that starts to unravel um, how that person has always known themselves. And they get to start to, and that may be the destabling part, um, and then they get to start to find what is authentic to them. And they start to build a new relationship with themselves and life, learning how to listen to their truth, learning how to listen to their feelings, feel their feelings, um, learning how to speak what they really mean. What I find remarkable, and now it's not surprising, is almost 99% of the time when people come to work with me, they'll go through these healing processes and almost always all of them will end up realizing what their dreams are or realizing their visions that they didn't know before and they'll change their work and they'll go back to school and they'll train and then suddenly they're following their purpose because what's really happening is when we release those moments of trauma and these stories that we identify with we start to come back into alignment and when we come back into alignment in 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 who we are in authenticity everything in our life follows we start to realize what we love and the, and what we want to do with our work and what we want to do with our life and the kind of people we want around us and that that creates healing in every aspect so that's kind of my process um, and in retreats I'll work with groups on that level um, and I'm just about to launch a, a very a, powerful new transformational program which will come out in June which is called listening to life um, so learning how to live beyond the story and 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 really listen to life live in flow with life um, so yeah that's kind of how I work <laughs> that sounds so amazing yeah listening to life that's such an it's such a wonderful thing when that starts happening I used to hear that idea of kind of being people got kind of hearing messages or intuition or um and I just think yeah yeah like does that really happen but actually I've found I think as you start to to heal yourself you can tap into something mm -hmm. that is that tells you where to go and what to do and you can yeah tap tap in you can listen to life I can I can understand that yes well and when, the, when we're not listening to the mind we can hear mm. life mm. <laughs> normally all we can hear is the mind yeah. <laughs> when the mind when we when we're no longer stuck in the mind we can actually really start to hear you know we can start to be in flow with life mm. um and it becomes it's like a beautiful dance um yeah it's like a co-creation <laughs> sounds sounds good to me <laughs> can you share about how people can find out more about you and follow you and mm -hmm. find you online and all that yes. sort of thing um so my website um is nickyclinch.com um and on there you'll be able to see what programs um i'm what workshops or programs i'm leading or putting out um uh, and retreats um, at the moment I have a retreat coming up on the beginning of March 6th to the 8th of March which is a women's transformational retreat all about um, dropping out of the mind into the stillness of the heart um, and I have a few spaces left for that um, uh, I have a new program coming out in June which everybody should listen out for it's going to be very very powerful um, and that will be happening twice a year 
Um, uh, you can follow me on Instagram um, at Nikki underscore clinch um, where I don't share as much as I used to but when I do share I tend to to share something that really means something to me or um, that's really important to, to, to for me to share with others um, uh, so those are the main places um, I also have a new YouTube channel out at the moment called soul surgery where I release videos every single week where I'll be talking on a specific topic and then once a month a guided visualization and meditation. Um, you can subscribe to that for free. Um, that's up now. Um, and then I have my book out coming out at the beginning of next year. So <laughs> Amazing. Thank you so much, Nikki. This conversation has been very healing for me personally and I hope people listening, well, I know people listening will gain a lot from it so thank you so much great thank you for having me thank you thank you so much for listening i really hope that you gained a lot from this episode come on over to instagram and let me know what are you taking from this episode find me at chloe brotheridge and i would love it if you would leave me a review in the podcast app or in itunes subscribe to the podcast leave me a rating and is there someone in your life that would really benefit from this podcast you can let them know by sharing this podcast. I'd be so, so grateful. So I'm just wishing you a wonderful week ahead, sending you loads of love. Hopefully you'll tune in again and I'll see you soon. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.